Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Hey, Fountain City Church. Welcome to our weekend online gathering. Uh, Thanks for taking some time today to join us online. Uh, As you guys know from this past week, Governor Kemp has issued a phase one reopen order that's changing the way houses of worship act in our community and businesses. Uh, But we want to remind you, for those of you who are a part of our church family, that right now we don't feel the need to change our gathering practices. We really believe that the best thing that we can do uh, to still love each other, to love our community, and to take care of the most vulnerable is to shelter in place and to practice as much social distancing as possible. And so um, we want to just ask you to continue on in this process, practice some resilience in this season, and just dig your roots into social distancing. Uh, I know that practicing distancing from one another where there are needs around us often feels pretty countercultural and counterintuitive, uh, but I want to encourage you that it is the best way for us to love people right now. And so that's what we're doing as a community. In weeks to come, we may practice a third option, um, and that may be that we gather together on the church property, but just stay in vehicles or something like that. So we're going to explore some different things, but for now, we're going to keep our practice of gathering online uh, and just practicing distancing. So... Uh, Thanks for your patience and your prayers, just as we're trying to exercise wisdom and how we walk this thing out as a community. Um, We want to take a moment today and upgrade our gathering quality with the presence of my (laughs) sweet wife, Chrissy. Uh, If you guys know Chrissy, Chrissy is wise and pastoral, uh, and she really has this deep love and um, conviction for the body of Christ. And so she's going to help guide our conversation today. Uh, and our hope is that today, that this is more of just a conversation about some scriptures that have been on our hearts, and particularly things that Chrissy was wrestling with, and she kind of inspired this for this weekend. And so, babe, thanks for sp- spending some time and getting in the awkward space in front of a camera in our backyard. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's totally natural. <laughs> We hope. (laughs) Uh, So will you start us off? Yeah. um, Well, recently I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who had asked me to send her maybe just a word for some other women in our community and outside of our community that maybe would be encouraging to the body of Christ. And so I asked the Lord if he would give me a word for maybe what people needed and where they were at right now, something that sort of resonated Mm -hmm. uh, for this COVID-19 season. And he took me into James 1. And so if you want to turn to James 1 with me, you're welcome to do that now. And so we're going to be in James 1 verse 2, and it says... Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Hmm. And so there's a few things that really stand out to me as I'm reading this verse. Um, And as I was in prayer regarding this, I was asking the Lord, what is it that you wanna highlight? here. And I felt like he said about four things, um, soul weariness, perseverance, vision, and hope. 
like in this process, one of the things that the Lord will sometimes do is when you're reading a passage of scripture, he starts to prompt areas of your own heart where like he's, he's putting a finger on things. And so for us right now, why did you feel like those words were significant? Well, I felt like soul weariness was something that we right now in this COVID-19 season, all of us have some different stories. Um, Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have been directly affected by the coronavirus or family members or friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And so each one of us has been touched in different, in different ways, in a variety of ways. And so I felt like the Lord was saying, there's a lot of soul weariness right now. And then I felt like when I started to read James one, something that really stood out to me was the correlation that James makes between trials and maturity. And one thing that he really highlighted to me that I I don't think I've ever really seen before, and I've read James a lot, um, but he says, and let endurance have its full effect. And what really stands out to me about that is I think what he's Mm. trying to get at is we don't avoid our hardships and trials. We don't ignore them. We don't act like they don't exist, but we actually in almost embrace our trials and hardships in their fullness Mm -hmm. so that um, it will produce this maturity, this completeness, um, lacking nothing. Yeah. Um, That's what my my translation says, let perseverance finish its work. Yeah. Uh, And so you almost get the sense like that there is this in the process of, of hardship that there is an actual a point to it and I've got to let it complete all the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't work like that. Usually I want to get out of the things that are Same. like that. Same. And I think that's why it really stood out to me was because I, most of us, we, we don't want trials. We don't want hardship. We don't want pain. We don't want suffering. But the thing that I love about the gospel is that people of faith, believers, we actually, there's hope in this. There's Mm -hmm. so much hope. I don't want to go through pain and suffering just for the sake of it. But in the, in the kingdom of God, there's something on the other side of that wall, Mm. which looks a lot like this level of completeness. And when I, when I envision that, when I envision maturity and completeness, lacking nothing, I see wholeness. And that's kind of the word that comes to mind is wholeness. But something also that the Lord was highlighting to me within soul weariness, um, perseverance, and also at the end of this hope was vision. And I think that's something that's really important is that we come to a place where we can actually see above our circumstances. Hmm. So one verse that comes to mind actually is, um, let me scroll down, sorry. Where is it? It's right under it, babe. Sorry, I didn't say it. Hebrews 12. One verse that comes to mind is Hebrews 12, 2 through 3. And if you want to turn there, you're welcome to. But it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What really stands out to me about that is we know the story of Jesus in the garden the night before he died. And he was, it says that he was weary. He was exhausted with grief. Hmm. And so um, 
one thing about that is that uh, that also really resonates with those of us who um, are weary, that soul weariness that I felt like God highlighted to me. But also what we see in the story of Jesus is that he persevered because he saw, he had a vision and he saw it was the joy set before him, this vision of those of us that would come into the right standing with God into salvation. And so it actually was the joy and the vision that was set before him that helped him to endure the cross. That's good. And so I think that is something that we also have to keep in mind um, for those of you who may be that soul weary person today is that vision is extremely important in this season because COVID-19 season isn't going to last forever. We don't know how long it's going to be here. We we're praying that it goes quickly. Um, but we also know that life probably won't look the same even after we go back to life, maybe as we know it is Mm -hmm. probably going to look a lot different. And so, um, and so we want to have a vision also for the future, regardless of the season that we're in now. So it sounds like what you're saying, because, you know, you you hear people sometimes say like, um, when, when persecution or hardship comes, I think in our zeal, we're like, yes, now we're we're joyful because we're suffering. And like, I don't ever think like, that's never my first reaction. Oh, here's some hard stuff. I'm going to get really excited and really joyful about it. But it actually, it sounds like what you're saying and what it seems like Hebrews 12 bears out is that Jesus was looking at the end game and saying, no, 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 all of this is worth it. All of it's worth it. There's something happening in this that like causes me to to respond in joy instead of how the world would invite me to respond, right? Yeah. And, you know, another thing, I think we have a couple of different responses, the one that you just mentioned, but then also we can we can have like a a more cynical response where we just kind of go, oh yeah, here we go. Persevere, you know, endure the pain. Um, And and honestly, I mean, James, you know, when I was reading it, I, I just said the audacity that James has to say to us, we should actually see this as a good thing. We should actually, it says, take joy when you face these things. And there is a part of me and there is a part of us that kind of roll our eyes to that notion. But the Hmm. truth is, is that I know for me and for us in the hardest, most difficult, most painful seasons in our lives has been where the most fertile soil has been in my life, where God did his best work. And so um, I think it's really only through really hard, painful and difficult seasons where we come into this place of complete wholeness and lacking nothing, as James says, and I love that. Mm. Yeah, so perseverance has to finish some kind of work in us. Uh, I love that point that vision, like we have to fight for a vision that surpasses our circumstance, something that sees past it. And like I would encourage you guys in our our church community, or for those of you who are just looking in, um, that we're not swallowed up by our circumstance, but we're actually a people uh, people of faith who know that um, that this is really an invitation to take joy in what God is doing inside of us mm-hmm. um, so that once we get on the backside of this or once we enter into a new season of trial and difficulty and hardship, that God's actually developed something. Yeah. You know, I kind of wonder yeah. the world sometimes is just trying to figure out a solution to get out of this. Right. And for people of God, we don't just have to escape it. Yeah. it our, our success is not just in getting on the other side of COVID-19. It's actually that our hope is firmly anchored regardless of what's going on in our life. 
regardless of loss, regardless of hardship, yeah. whatever. Like we're still very anchored in this reality of who Jesus is and what he's called us to. Yeah. Uh, and this is like a big theme throughout the scriptures, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so in Romans chapter five, I want to lead you there because we find the same kind of tone mm-hmm. and rhythm happening uh, in Romans five. So if you got your Bibles mm-hmm. turned there, Romans chapter five, Romans uh, immediately follows Acts, if you're new to the scriptures. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the gospels. And then we get into Acts, which is the works of the early church. And then Romans starts these letters that Paul writes. And so Romans chapter five, um, verse three, Paul writes to the church, he says, let us also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an incredibly powerful thing and really dovetails um, exactly into what Chrissy was talking about out of James 1, that you know, where, where James is saying, consider it pure joy, the Apostle Paul is uh, attaching this incredible purpose to what happens in suffering and in trial. Now, I don't know if like in your life outside of COVID-19 or some other situation, if you have had to endure suffering, but when you're around people who have had to endure suffering or they go through really traumatic experiences, they become these anchor points of survival yeah. and of growth mm-hmm. and of, uh, of um, like success in a different kind of way. It's mm-hmm. not... It's, it's not shiny, like it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an, yeah. an authentic place where people have experienced pain mm-hmm. uh, and they have developed some strong muscle to get through things. Yeah. Um, like you, you watch these videos of Holocaust survivors and time and time again, you see a person who you think, man, they have gone through the most difficult situation that anyone could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And somehow they've come out the other end. Yeah. And many of them came out with hearts filled with mercy and forgiveness. And I think for yeah. us, like you walk yeah. away and just go like, how in the world is that possible? Yeah. To see people who are bent on evil, mm-hmm. who are trying to destroy you and your people and your family and friends. Mm-hmm. And for you to come out of that yeah. in this way that somehow has shaped you and changed you and made you um, the kind of person who can undergo difficult things with the right mm-hmm. kind of mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the Apostle Paul is saying something exactly like that, that we can actually glory in our sufferings. I can boast about my sufferings. I can actually like learn to take some kind of strange joy like James 1 is talking about in my suffering exactly because we know what it produces. Yeah. Uh, for us, this says that suffering produces perseverance. Now, when I read that, like I, I have a, a twisted sense of humor sometimes, <laughs> but this is kind of silly to me because... It says that what suffering produces is perseverance. And perseverance is just the capacity to suffer longer. Yeah. So what does suffering have to do with perseverance? It just like builds the muscle memory. Like if you and I go over today and we just did a bunch of squats, which for Chrissy and I, we're not in a place in life in this moment (laughs) where squats would be a great idea for us, but we would be sore for months. Yeah. But if we did it week after week after week, right? We're going to do this. I feel it coming. I feel us like moving into a a new resolution. (laughs) But if we did that week after week after week, what I am actually teaching my body to do is to endure the hardship of lifting that weight over and over so that my body 
increases capacity to do that kind of stuff. Right. And I can actually suffer a greater weight and it doesn't feel greater. I'm I'm increasing my capacity to go through stuff. Now, I think that this is important because it is so countercultural. Yeah. Like, Like if we're honest, our culture is hardwired to get you and I to just escape pain. Yeah. And, and I would love to say it's just our culture and those people out there, but the reality is like, it's, it's us. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like this culture has become part of us. When something hurts for a long time, I want it off. Yeah. I want to get out of it. And yeah. our culture, we're quick to flush relationships when, when things don't work out because we, we just, we don't want to persevere and endure things. Yeah. We want things to be efficient and cheap and convenient. Yeah. And character and hope isn't cheap and it's not quick and it's not convenient. There you go. Yeah. And for some of you, I would imagine like when you look around in your life and in your family and friend group, the people that you were the most attracted to be around are those who know how to go through things well. Yep. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul's talking about right here. He's pointing to us and saying, look, when you suffer things, when you go through trials and persecutions, you can actually boast in these because in Christ, yeah. when you go through these storms in life, it produces this resilience in you, this perseverance, this endurance that allows you to increase capacity and to go through harder things in the future yeah. without being toppled. Yeah. And I love this. I think that it's one of the most thrilling things that somehow God redeems hardship in us. That He takes every tear that you shed, He takes every broken moment, and somehow He leverages all of that for your good and for His glory. Mm. That doesn't mean those things come from His hands, but man, even the worst things that people can do to us in life, somehow God can take those things and by His Spirit, He begins to transform them to shape us from the inside out mm-hmm. and to change our perspective on the world around That's us. Um, and so, and I love these two words in this passage, suffering produces. Yeah. You know, when I think about suffering, a lot of times I just see it as this black hole yeah. where we go and we kind of disappear into but here in the middle of this, we see that suffering is actually more of like a seed that's planted that's going to produce fruit in our lives. And what I want to encourage you to believe is that a lack of suffering also produces. In the same way that suffering is going to like have an effect, when you don't go through suffering, it actually keeps you from growing your capacity to hope in God. It, it, it robs you of your capacity to develop real character. Um, our buddy Devon, who's in our community, the guy is an incredible, like he pushes himself physically all the time. And you can tell it's one of those things where he has developed a perseverance through suffering over and over and over and over. My brother Brent, who loves running right now, he used to hate running. He mm-hmm. took up running because in his words, he wanted to be able to suffer well. That's what he told me. Mm. That's good. And so I think we see right here that the Apostle Paul is saying Guys, if you can grab a hold of this reality here in COVID-19 in the middle of, middle of uh, coronavirus, that somehow this is a season and a moment where God is bringing us into a place where we can learn how to persevere under hardship. Um, and I think it's really countercultural for us. Yeah. And so this tells us that perseverance is working something into the fabric of your life that you can't get outside of hardship. Yeah. Now, if I'm honest, I don't, I, I still, if somebody said, 
do you want to endure coronavirus or do you want it to be over tomorrow? I want it to be over tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah. a, we're not foolish. Like, we, yeah. we don't want to deal with things unnecessarily. Yeah. And yet, the invitation is here for us to really be shaped and changed by this. Yeah. And so, can I just ask you uh, to maybe seed your heart with this thought that you are becoming someone right now by the decisions you make and how you navigate this season? Now, this is happening all the time. This is happening on a Tuesday outside of coronavirus. It's happening right now. You know, we're filming on Friday and it's happening in the middle of this season of coronavirus. You are becoming something. You're becoming someone. Yeah. And this moment of crisis and anxiety and questioning can either produce in us bitterness and anger uh, and, and rage. It can produce in us all sorts of things or in Christ, like it can actually produce in us this tenderness to the spirit. Uh, like those Holocaust survivors, if you've ever watched those interviews, it can produce a tenderness even to the brokenness of humanity around us. Yeah. And I just wonder right now for all of us, me included, like what is this moment producing? Is it producing life or is it producing death? Um, so I want us to recognize that this moment really will expose the strengths and the weaknesses of the character in our lives because we see that suffering produces perseverance, but perseverance produces character. And in the New American Standard, it actually says proven character. Yeah. And so like the, the closest word for word translation we have of the scriptures is not just that it's gonna produce character because we all have character, yeah. but this actually proves the quality of what we say is true in our lives. Mm -hmm. And right now, these moments, some of you have other hardship, like you've got sickness in your body, thinking of some friends who have close friends to them who have cancer, or those who have coronavirus and are family members, uh, other pastors and leaders in our community. Like yeah. these are moments that form proven character where the quality of your life and your faith are actually tested and revealed through a season of hardship. And every single one of us, we're gonna go through that kind of testing and hardship, mm -hmm. right? What one day, if I outlive Chrissy, she's gonna see me die and it's gonna be a moment of testing because of her profound love for me. Yes? <laughs> okay, moment of levity. But, but legitimately, every single one of us faces these, these times where our character is proven for what it is. Um, and so this is a moment where the quality of the Holy Spirit in us is being exposed. And if you're like me, man, I'm finding a lot of fractures in the spiritual fabric of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, this past week, I was telling some friends in one of our, in our guys group this past week that um, I, I just hit a moment of depression this week. Uh, I just had a, a pause where I'm supposed to be leading a church, I'm you know, leading Fountain City, and to be frank, I don't know what's happening. We don't, we don't really know what's going on. We're separated from the body, from the people that we love and that we've been called to lead. Um, and when we ask questions about what the future looks like for the church, we have as many questions as anybody, you know? I, I, I love to be able to predict the future and talk with conviction about what things ought to be. I'm very idealistic in black and white. And in this moment, I, I don't have a clue. And it actually kind of put me in a place where I just had more questions and answers and it really just made me feel um, fragile and, and a little depressed, a little anxious about what's coming in the future. And in the midst of all of that, what I'm recognizing is that maybe I'm not really embracing this process of what God's trying to produce in me right now, which I think looks more like trust. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Like for me, you, if I, my wife's here, so she can attest. <laughs> control is like an issue, you know? Like I, I want to control things. I want to control how my kids act. I want to control how our house functions. I want to control everything. And in the midst of that, one of the most beautiful ways that we can persevere through this season is to relinquish control. Um, and so I don't know exactly what it looks like for you, but I, my fear is that for many of us, we will continue to lean toward escapist behaviors mm -hmm. in order to deal with the stress instead of actually just trusting. And, and what was the verbiage in, in James 1? Letting, letting suffering or trials or testing it, it, finish their work, right? Yeah. And when we endure the fullness, we come to a place of completion, lacking nothing. Yeah. So it's possible that even in this season that we will try to escape in our homes into sex or food or TV or alcohol or substance abuse oh. to the extent that it doesn't actually finish its work. And if this trial, if I'm understanding right, if the trial doesn't finish its work in us, then what it wants to produce through us, yeah. then I can come out immature still. Yeah. And like incomplete. And somehow it misses out on what God had intended for it. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I think this is a really sacred moment for the church and for all of us individually. Um, I think often when I'm praying, I feel like the Lord is saying that this is a, a time when it's it's to be a reset for us personally, but also for the church. Um, and so, yeah, I think when also when I think about spiritual formation, um, when I think about spiritual formation, like who we're becoming, who we're becoming as Christ followers, um, are we maturing? You know, it's it's one of those things that I wrestle a lot with because why would you follow Christ if you weren't growing and maturing? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's, it's a difficult discipline um, to, to follow Christ, but to never grow, to never learn perseverance. And so when I think about spiritual formation in our life, this is a huge part of that is we're all going to struggle. Hardships and trials are inevitable mm -hmm. um, for every single one of us on this side of heaven. Yeah. Um, we can't escape that. But how we do it, I think what James and Paul and Jesus and his example for us, what they're trying to get at is it is inevitable, it's going to come, it's going to happen, and we're not going to have control over it, and we're not going to understand it or have reasons for it all the time. But actually how we walk this out in its fullness, when we mm -hmm. do that well, when we see that through, not saying that we don't struggle. I take a lot of hope in Jesus's example in the garden before his execution because of that humanity that we all can relate to. God, yeah. if this cup can pass from me, please let it be so. Yeah. You know, take, can you take this cup from me? Um, there's just this pleading that all of us can identify with. But... Um, if we can grab hold of the vision that God has um, and outside the circumstance, then we can actually walk through it with joy. Mm -hmm. We can all walk through it with hope. And for anybody listening who has actually come out the other side um, of that wall of hardship or trials knows 
that when, when they persevered through it, what was meeting us on the other side. That's the hope that we have in Christ. That's good. And so I think spiritual formation, this is a part of that. This coronavirus season, no matter your place in this and how you have or have not been affected, we have an opportunity and an invitation to mature. And I think what we sow in this season, we will reap after this mm -hmm. season. And so if you're a Christ follower, spiritual formation and why I continue to bring that up is because I actually think it's vital to our lives, to the people that we touch, to the people that we're in contact with, to our children who are walking through this right now. Right. Um, and so um, that's kind of some of the stuff that comes to mind as we begin to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, is what are we sowing so that one day hopefully we will reap it? How are we walking through hardship? We don't have to do it perfectly, but are we, are we in the scriptures allowing God's word to speak to us? Do we believe in perseverance hmm. and what it produces? And, um, and what does our trust look like right now? And I think I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that's, that's actually really important. Yeah. So I think those two kind of overarching things that, you know, both from you and I that, that I heard you saying was that we have to cultivate a vision that actually surpasses our circumstance. And so for many of you, maybe one of the best ways for you to start living into this, uh, what God wants to produce through this season of hardship and trial mm -hmm. is to vision past it. You know, what is it that God wants to actually accomplish in you right now that can't be accomplished in any other way? Um, and that may sound a little bit victorious, but we're all in it. So we, we know what that means. And so we, we have to cultivate that kind of vision. But then secondly, like we cannot mature in our identity in Christ and how he's called us to live outside of suffering. Mm -hmm. Suffering is actually the, the birth canal for yeah. this identity in Christ. Yeah. Um, and for all of us, like there's this incredible passage, I think it's in Hebrews um, 2, verse 10, where he starts to talk about how Jesus, the author and perfecter, was actually completed through what he suffered. Yeah. And it wasn't that Jesus was incomplete or imperfect, but he talks about this completed work in Christ through this obedience to death. And in the same way, he models us this, this lifestyle that we can follow him. And so right now you're being asked by the Lord in a, in a pretty interesting way to embrace this process and to allow it to produce something in you that can't be produced otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I think for all of us, like we want to be mature. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, in 20 years, you know, if you stopped and closed your eyes, I don't think you would say, you know what I want to be? Resentful and bitter. <laughs> and I want to be really immature. I still want to have like yeah. um, rage outbursts and I want to be selfish. No, yeah. we wouldn't say that. Yeah. I want to be mature and patient. I want to be the kind of person who whenever someone's talking, I'm giving them my undivided attention. Uh, I want to yeah. be kind and slow to speak, slow to get angry. Yeah. But all of that is an invitation to start growing in those places, yeah. you know? And so I wanted to read this passage out of Jeremiah 12, just in closing, and then give you like a really practical place where maybe this week, Chrissy was talking about spiritual formation. Um, and we just want to give one practical tip and maybe a way that you can step into that in this coming week. And so um, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, Jeremiah was this incredible prophet who went through a really difficult time in Israel. 
And at one point, he's actually complaining to God. He's bringing a matter of God's justice before him and saying, why do you keep blessing the wicked? You know, they do everything wrong and seem to only grow and thrive and prosper. And I'm doing everything you say, and I'm getting abused and mistreated and hurt. And some of you may actually feel like that right now. You just may feel like you're um, not in God's perspective. He's not considering you. He's not taking care of you. But listen to God's, his response, which is one of my favorite passages in the scripture. He says, Jeremiah, if you have raced with men on foot and they've worn you out, how can you compete with horses? And if you stumble in safe country, how are you going to manage in the thickets by the Jordan? God's response to Jeremiah, obviously God loves a good question to get you thinking. But his response is, Jeremiah, you're struggling with people because your perspective is too low. You just want to succeed in the way that you see other people succeeding. But I have called you to do things that are impossible for humanity apart from my spirit at work in you. And what I'm producing in you through this season is going to empower you to do everything I've called you to do. And so if I can just encourage you, God has called you to race against horses. He's caused you to walk in the thickets by the Jordan. That's the picture of like being able to swim against flood stage waters. He's caused you to do some things and he's called you into spaces where you fill in over your head. And here's the reality. You are. You are. There's, There's no question about it. We're in over our heads. But somehow walking with Christ and being in over our heads is just a space where we're learning how to swim and how to walk on water. He's bringing you into a space where he can create capacity in you to suffer well, to endure, to have the kind of interior life that that affords you the ability to walk through really difficult stuff without it toppling your life. And then you get to lead other people in that. Uh, And so we want to encourage you today that this season is not for no reason Mm -hmm. and that we can actually take joy in the midst of this. Yeah. And I don't know if you just don't feel permission, like you need to mourn for everything, but also, can we just encourage you to to cast some vision for what the future looks like and what you and the Holy Spirit are partnered together to accomplish right now. Um, so spiritual formation, mm-hmm. vision. W- vision, spiritual formation, hope, perseverance, perseverance. Those things are being cultivated in us. Uh, one of the things that we just, uh, I was on a, a call this week with a group of pastors and they were talking about spiritual formation. And one of the things that they just encouraged Um, was like, if we want our communities to grow in spiritual formation in small ways, what would be the number one encouragement? And a great pastor leader in our our nation, John Mark Comer, was on. He just said, look, if I was to make one encouragement, I would encourage every person in your church to parent your phone right now. And he kind of explained it. He said, "I, I would encourage them to put your phone to bed hours before you go to bed and wake it up hours after you get up so that you have gaps of time where there's no digital connection at all. And I don't know about for you, but my brain feels really like slow and soggy or something. Like every time I go to another Zoom meeting, I just, I'm starting to disengage quicker. Um, I can't focus quite as much. Uh, And all of that is also a part of grief. And so if I could encourage you to do everything you can to disengage, like intentionally disengage from digital stuff, computers, phones, Uh, So maybe the best spiritual formation tool you can practice as a family tonight uh, is at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, put your phone to bed. When your kids go to bed, put your phone to bed. Don't touch it. Don't look at it until 8.30 or 9 the next day. And spend the first minutes when you wake up in the morning just reading through a psalm for five or ten minutes 
breathing and sitting in quiet with a cup of coffee in Jesus. That doesn't sound very powerful, but listen, we want to build containers where the Holy Spirit can invade and meet with us. Yeah. Uh, and those daily practices of being with Jesus and of getting quiet and of avoiding distractions, yeah. those are going to be some of the sweetest plot, um, uh, spots or places for us. Good. And so, anything to add, babe? I don't, no. Thanks for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. We love you guys. Yeah, we love y'all. Listen, if you have any questions about how to just start taking steps into that, one of the ideas Christy and I are kicking around together is how we can start reading some books as a community together and just processing them during this time. Uh, and so there's some beautiful stuff on spiritual formation and spiritual practices. And so if you're interested in getting involved with that, we'll be sending out some information and we would love to touch base with you. Again, if we can do anything for you or your family, we're here, not literally at this table in our yard all the time, but <laughs> we're around and we're a phone call away. So you guys have an incredible Sunday evening and just know that we love you. Bye.